Welcome to your doom. Everybody, uh, welcome to the second episode of the Nerd World Country podcast. I am Getty Cahoon, joined by the sensational Scott. Oh, I'm glad that you uh, kept the same alliteration that I that I did with you last time. Came up with it on the spot too. That's good because I so, so well, you know, so did I, but, but I made it up, so I guess it's not that difficult. Anymore. I was gonna, I was trying <laughs> to like, um, I, I thought of it like. Very, like a while ago, and I was trying to like work it into like conversation of just like nicknames for you, and I kept thinking of like Gedward and Gedwardo, but I was oh, like, yeah. you probably already heard those. And then oh, I have, and they and they're not good. So, <laughs> uh, so for the none of you that listened all the way through Come the on, last man. podcast, we're not um, going to ever get anywhere if you have such a negative attitude. But it's, but it's true. Self-deprecating humor is pretty funny. But um, at the end of our last podcast, uh, we started talking about the idea of a great comic book movie, and we said we would pick it off, pick it up, (laughs) pick it up at the beginning of the second podcast. Which Uh, we are currently in. Yep, so we're going to pick it right up. (laughs) We're going to pick it right on. Um, Yeah, no, we had said um, before that, uh, well, I had said that I don't think that it's possible for... um, there to ever be a great comic book movie or a perfect comic book movie because the mechanics of the medium, um, really briefly I had said, of comic books I feel are essentially the closest thing that we have to a limitless creative medium and I think film is very, very far from that due to technological um, restrictions and, and things that I said like budget and, and all that stuff. And so, like condensing backstories and yeah, I mean, character development. Yeah, and I think a good example hours. of that is Watchmen. Um, <clears> I, I have yet to see the ugh. Watchmen movie oh you could probably you could just get by with not seeing it uh, but but you think about it and you take something you take something that has all of these subplots and all these tangents and things that ha- you have li- a limitless amount of space to explore these things when you're talking about a movie you have to make decisions of okay what yeah. um is gonna get cut and condensed down so that people will the theaters watch it. gonna show a four-hour comic book movie yeah or any or like any movie you know i don't think it's just comic book movies i don't think the limitations are 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 just um applicable to comic book movies i think it's i think it's any kind like of with literature um, and stuff like that yeah i mean comic books are literature which is probably why that kind of ties together yeah i think that's where that um that shared element of the the limitlessness is, but I think where comic books are are unique, um, and uh, Scott McCloud talks about this a lot, is the element of closure, that space in between the panels. Um, in one gutter, it can be five seconds, and another gutter it can be five hundred years. So I think that's something that, unless you know that you know, and and. Um, Creators have <clears throat> utilized that in very, in very, very creative and innovative ways that I don't think film um, can do. Yeah, because because it's not the same. Just saying, like ten years later, yeah, you know? film and comics are both visual, obviously. But it's like in a comic book, you're uh, or in a film rather, you're kind of 
really connected to the characters, not more so than comics, but in a more personal sense, I'd say. So it's kind of jarring to jump ahead 10 years in a film in between frames, yeah, like and in between it's... shots, whereas in a comic book, it's like, all right, well, last panel, Batman was 30, now he's 60. It's it's different. Yeah, and I, and I think it's something that you, it's harder to make it um, convincing. Yeah. You know? So... I don't know. That's what we were talking about before, and I don't. Um, I guess we're in we're in something of an, a, an agreement on on it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you about because we were talking about last episode. We were talking about um, a little bit about TV, and uh, we were talking about Breaking Bad, and um, I wanted to see what your or get like get a little bit of a better understanding of what your TV like habits. Are if you like if you're like me and you <clears throat> seek out bad TV, uh, and I was wondering what bad TV shows you watch because um, I just want to talk about bad TV shows because I've won bad TV shows. Um, I feel like TV has such a very it sounds corny, but TV has a really deep meaning for me because eighth grade, all I did was watch TV. It's all I did. It was the extent of my after school activities, my weekends, all that jazz. So. I don't, it's not like film where you can watch a bad movie or like a bad game can be entertaining. It's like with TV, I want it to be good because I'm investing my time into these characters and these stories. And so I try to seek out more like dramatic or like not intense, but just like I want to enjoy TV. Like when I'm watching a bad show, it's, it's like I said, it's not like. Uh, watching a bad movie where it's like, oh, this is so funny, only two more hours of this, or a bad game where it's just like, ha, oh, look at this. It's like, I'm annoyed when I'm watching a bad TV show. You're right. That was corny. Well, no, I just like, um, I think it's cool to, or not cool, but I like to, or maybe, maybe I'm not doing it consciously, I'm just drawn to shitty TV shows, but I think that's good for me because it provides such a strong contrast between um, that and shows that I really think are are phenomenal, and I think that helps me appreciate those shows more. And um, the 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 one show I I you know I will watch Teen Mom if it's on. Um, and <laughs> oh well, like reality TV is different. Like yeah, I'll watch no no reality. yeah, but I was taught the thing I I started watching um American Horror Show, uh, horror, horror, <laughs> horror story, story American Horror Show. A clockwork Orange. Y'all wanted me for screwing up earlier. No, I was just a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> no, um, no, but have you seen that show? Do you? Are you? No, no. I feel like it's just like art, but in a very pretentious sense. Mm, I don't know if I call it that. Well, it's like I mean, it's just a, it's just like an amalgamation it's of like, like an artsy, quote unquote, artsy show, and there's doesn't seem to be a lot of substance to it, and it's all very. I feel like it's just a it's just like a uh, an amalgam of. Um, every horror cliche ever like in a tv show like that doesn't for me that doesn't even work in in a in a tv show like the thing the show is so bad it's so bad and like <laughs> I, i'm watching it and like you have a show uh, 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 a show that's supposed to be like horror and the the this entity this entity of a, a haunted house you're calling it murder house like that's so bad that's like a, a hayride thing for me and I just so no and I thought you might have um, been uh, you might have um, 
shared something like that because I think that's almost like a very I don't want to I don't want to like make it seem like we're going out of our way to say nerdy thing but I think that's a way that that's like a nerdy way of watching TV of saying like you know <clears throat> this helps me elevate Breaking Bad by uh, yeah by watching American Horror Show story <laughs> but I think I I kind of have like an opposite outlook on it like if I I don't want to see something really bad because I can't stomach something that bad. Like I can't stomach. It's just, it's just TV. I know. But no, but I. But I think I. I. I, I want to say that I would always choose a Breaking Bad over a show like that. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Like I. I. It's just it for me. It's just like there's so much bad stuff on that. Um, I don't know. It's. It's fun, maybe. It's fun. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe not, though. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of TV, I guess um, you said you're not the biggest fan of it, but I wanted to talk about the uh, evolution of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Um, no, I'm a fan. I like it. I, I well, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan, but I really do enjoy it. Um, I really do. It is a very funny show. I actually just um, watched the episode. Um. Um, oh, Charlie McDennis. That episode. Oh it was a like bottle episode, but it was still. It was really, funny. really funny. It had some. It had its moments. When they're like, um, using the, like the slow, like they're slowing everything <laughs> down. And good. Frank's in the dog carrier. Oh my god! But, and he um, eats the cake ingredient. You have to eat a cake. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty good. No, you have to. You have to eat the ingredients. Uh, last night's episode was actually pretty good. Um, if you haven't seen it, jump on that. But um, well, it's, it's probably not on demand. It's online though. But, um, no, but the I've, internet. I've more or less been watching the show since it started. I got into it around eighth grade. It was in its third season, I think. So I watched mm -hmm. it on DVD. And, um, it's... Yeah, because it's one season seven now. Yeah, it's not... I don't want to say it's not funny anymore, because it has its moments. But it's gone from being a show with little to no budget. Like, the budget was so small that the actors who plays D, Caitlin Olsen left because they weren't offering her they wanted to offer her like a hundred dollars for a season or something like that something it wasn't that ridiculous but it was something like that no it was exactly that go was ahead that what and, it was go ahead and uh, season? go ahead and quote us on that the, <laughs> we're, the, we're the source uh, well <laughs> but um so like it's evolved because it's become very popular and has it yeah and um <laughs> it has i don't know anyone who likes it <laughs> or quotes it to me and says and um it's become very popular within, like, TV industry insiders. Mm -hmm. uh, and the new season is reflective of that. They did an episode that the whole episode was an homage to black exploitation movies from the 70s. And uh, were, the, were they doing blackface? No, no, that oh, wasn't that episode. That was the that lethal, was, that that was lethal, lethal weapon. weapon one. That was oh, a good episode. That was really funny. No, but the one that's an homage to, like, exploitation movies was from this season. And it wasn't a bad episode. Yeah, I, I haven't been really keeping up with this season that much. I found I found it funny, but it's because I'm not a huge like film nerd, but I do find the concept of the exploitation film to be fairly intriguing. Nerd. So <laughs> I know some stuff about it, so I found it funny and I instantly picked up on it. But I know that a lot of more casual fans, I think, were really pissed off because mm -hmm. it was kind of a boring episode. There yeah. wasn't a lot of Charlie Mack, Dennis and D in it. Uh -huh. It was all Frank and this other guy basically in a flashback. And um, they the other also, guy being Ryan Reynolds. 
who got paid a hundred dollars to the end. <laughs> but um, I think there's going to be a lot more episodes like that with like little in jokes and nods and stuff like that. No, yeah, that's and, a that's a hard um, line to to walk. But um, I I don't know. I think I'm really pleasant. I was really pleasantly surprised with the direction that the new season um was going. It seems like it at least from just looking at uh, what I think is a really good um, indicator of, like, what they were trying to do was, like, the ads that they were running. Like, I really liked those, and I thought that it was, they were um, with the, like, inspirational uh, <laughs> things. And I think what I have seen of the of the new season, um, it seems like they're still trying to keep it fresh. Yeah, but, um, I mean, it has faltered a little bit. They're kind of relying a lot on Rob McElhaney gaining 50 mm-hmm. pounds for absolutely no reason. But I think that's so funny. It's I think that's such funny, a good device. They don't need it in every single episode. Oh, I think and, it's so funny. And I think they're they using just... a lot of... I mean, I think it's the funniest show on TV, but it is becoming apparent that some of the material that worked for the past six years kind mm-hmm. of isn't isn't as funny anymore. And... It's also improved a lot visually. This isn't a bad thing. It looks a lot more... It looks more like a movie now. Oh, I think it's a bad thing. I think they should... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So, like, I'm just wondering if the fact that it's gained this approval within the film industry and has become more popular has really helped it in the long run. Because I'm thinking maybe it's prolonging the lifespan of a show that not necessarily should have died last season, but I'm kind of starting to notice that maybe it doesn't have a lot left in it well don't you think that they might really not have had any other choice to keep doing it um, that's what i'm saying yeah i I just i i don't know it's it's one of those hard things where it's like the industry industry aspects get into the project and it's like that that is only gonna change it and alter it to be more suited um towards I'm, I'm just really divided over it because yeah. it's funny at times it's still funny um but i can just see it starting to falter a little bit and just from what i know um in terms of behind the scenes stuff i'm just wondering how much longer it's really gonna last well i think they'll keep going with it um until danny devito's hairline is like at the bottom of the back of his neck <laughs> that dude's nuts he's you know, awesome have to film all of his scenes in one 30-day period because he can only work one month out of the year he is so awesome i saw him at san diego comic-con uh last year and uh i, I tried to touch him <laughs> but yeah he's really he's he's so funny he's just so he's just off his rocker he's so funny and he, just, he doesn't care how absurd his hair looks i just oh my god He's so funny. He's like a cartoon character. He really is. And I I like seeing him in Always Sunny because I get sometimes I get flashes of him um, as the penguin. And I think that's just so funny. But I still I can make that um, association. Well it's he was a character. But no but like I see him like the mannerisms, those li- like little tiny things um, are, are just so funny. He's so so funny. I think he's such a good element of the show. I think him and the dynamic of the show is is yeah, it all is really funny. The characters have all evolved pretty well. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's a pretty good um, sign of the health of the show. I think um, you know whether a new direction comes and it's the if it's 
a new direction comes in and it's something that you're really excited about or a new direction comes in and something that you know it, it it's not you're not crazy about i think the new direction is the important part and the, and the growth i think is the important part yeah you're right yes i know i am so. <laughs> thank you thank you very much I, I'm going to miss saying inaugural episode. Like, if we keep doing episodes, I'm going to just say it on, like, the 10th one. Inaugural episode! Because um, I... So, what now? I enjoy saying that. Uh, I... What? What? Was there anything that we were talking about before that, uh... While we were watching We said we were going <laughs> to... Uh, we could rant That's about... That's such a good episode. We could rant about G4. Uh, I don't really. I, don't really I think we already it. got that out of our system. Yeah, because I don't think that's going to be productive or or, or good. <laughs> um, we already talked about. Eventually, we're going to devote a whole episode to the goon. Oh yes, we wish. Right now, I'll take the opportunity to bitch about Eric Powell taking two years off. Dude, what come the on, hell was man. that shit? Dude, his life, man. I don't know. I I. It's it's a shame, but you know, we got we. He uh um. Never mind. I was I'm gonna glad say something about like. I'm glad it's back. I'm so. I'm so it was lame that he just didn't do it for two years. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that we can make judgments about like, you know, everything like that. I I, I am just glad it's back, and I'm really glad that people are looking at it and paying attention to it, and that and that like we talked about before, the the stuff that we've seen from the movie. Looks it looks awesome. awesome. It looks so good. Clancy Brown is and Paul is it's Paul Giamatti, right? Yes, Frankie? I believe so. Yeah, they're they're good. Oh good voices. God. Exactly how I would imagine the goon to yes. talk. Yes, and, and and I'm I would just they don't watch look, anything that it's, Paul Giamatti's in. It's but good that the goon, Eric, awesome. Eric Powell has a pretty like three D ish art style, so the characters don't yeah. look weird in CG. Yeah, it's, no, it's I, all I, flowing it's, very well. It's a it's a perfect. Like almost that seamless be, transition. That could be the greatest comic book movie. Yeah, no, ever, I think conceivably. I think uh, again, when if you're gonna not talk about like limitations, like you know, time and mm -hmm. you know, development and stuff like that, I think just aesthetically. Yeah, I'm so excited and about. There's the way not that it looks. even a ton of substance to the goon, really. I no, mean, it's it's a, so it's, it should be pretty easy to condense into like a 90 minute movie. Yeah, because it's more of it's more it's more of a style stylistic. Yeah, and and I think the the at the core of the goon, it's sort of like um, an homage or like a harrowing back to like pulp comics. Yeah, and pulp all comics that stuff. And, and sort of like where one shots or like yeah. off offshoots of of just like you know weekly stories and stuff like that was really big, and I think it's a very <laughs> um, concerted effort. And I think it re it works really well because you can have specials like the the holiday specials that they do, yeah. which are really really good. And I, it's uh, going to be written by Eric Powell, so that that's a plus. That was something that um, I had heard before I saw anything of it, and I was like, okay, that's you know pretty awesome. And then I saw uh, I saw a couple of <laughs> teaser trailers, and I was like, oh my god! I th it was the one where he's like in the bar, and yeah, he, and they're uh, talking about. They're talking about how to properly kill a zombie. Or yeah, something. yeah, and he like he I, he might he like throws its head at the camera or something. It's like it's so good. It looks so good, and it looks it, just it looks, looks so like smooth. Be, and I was so excited when they announced it a couple years ago, and I'm glad it's finally like on track and will be out soon. Yeah, hopefully. I um, I cannot wait for that. Um, but but uh, so yeah, I guess us talking about. Devoting a future episode to the goon is sort of turning into devoting an episode about the goon. No, no, um, we'll save that for the whole 
We'll save I, that for the whole hour. I don't even know what that. What would that even be? Just, just saying this, but like. But remember when? And talking about the comics. Oh god. A little bit. Um. I I, I don't know. We were talking a little bit before about nothing. Oh, we were talking about uh, eating this pizza. <laughs> so. Um. Talking about Mattel. Oh yeah, we were talking. Oh yeah, we were talking a little bit about that earlier. Um, before, before. Um, just the whole Mattel. I don't want to say controversy, but I know a lot of people bitch about it's it. controversial. <laughs> no, I don't All right, know, it's so not. The, no, it's the Mattel controversy. Um, a couple things. Uh, just it sound like a news story or a scandal. <laughs> just, It'd be cool if they had a sex scandal in Mattel. <laughs> he Man and Batman. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if we're that progressive, <laughs> but um. Just Dull. about the Masters of the Universe Classics line and how sometimes, I mean, they reuse pieces and they reuse parts, and you could really make the argument that, with the exception of, like, the new head sculpts and the paint apps, and occasionally, like, a new arm piece or something, they're kind of charging you $30 for the same figure over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah, and I and had some, said... There are times when they're just straight up re-releasing the same figure with different armor, like Battle Armor Skeletor, Battle mm-hmm. Armor He-Man. Yeah, and I had said... And I had said when you were first talking to me about it, um, I had said that I feel like that's just something that is ingrained in the action figure um, uh, market because it's um, geared towards kids. And then you had said, well, um, you know, this is a line that is specifically, you know, geared towards collectors. And that had made me think about the, um, the DC... Mm-hmm. The, the D, that that similar um, complaints that I heard about the those DC lines where they were you know just releasing uh, like a couple different versions uh, um, not even versions of uh, like of the same sculpt and and, and people yeah. were, were voicing the same complaints of like listen we're not kids this isn't um, you know something that you can you get over on somebody that's just buying these to smash them together these <laughs> were these are valid complaints of actual uh, collectors yeah. and I think I think you're absolutely right I think it's a really shady thing to do um, and plus I mean going back to the DC thing relating to it is uh, the DC Universe Classic line has been retail for a very long time and you mean Masters of the Universe no oh, DC okay. D- it's Related. Oh no! Masters of the Universe Classics has always been sold through the internet. Oh yeah, so, no, no. Like, oh okay, yeah, yeah. The, the DC, DC Universe Classics—they've been retail. They've—they've they've been retail. You can get them in like, a, in like, in a like tar- Target, Target or something. Yeah, I bought a Catman toy at Toys R Us oh, the other boy. week. But um, <laughs> no, but like now they're gonna make that line uh, subscription based off the internet, and they're mm-hmm. basically telling collectors if you want the more obscure characters. Like, <laughs> I walked into a Walmart a couple months back, and they had a Toy Man action oh. figure. That's awesome. I, I the um, and, but it's like they're basically saying, you know, those obscure characters that were given you in every line, those aren't going to be in stores anymore. You got to pay the subscription fee, mm-hmm. and it's it's a racket. It's um, they're they're kind of strong arming you a little bit. Yeah, no, they really are because what other when they take it to that extreme, what alternative do you have? Do, do you have? I mean, yeah. it that's that's really hard, and that's why that's one of the reasons. Um, that I think it's just, it's really too hard to, to collect action figures now. I mean, I'm not too big. Also, it's gay! Um, no. <laughs> I'm not too big on DC, so it's not really affecting me that much, but I still think it's, it's not right. I mean... Yeah, no. They I, it, realize that what, I mean, I don't care for DC Direct, so in theory, even if DC Direct keeps doing, like... I love DC Direct. Even, even 
like I, I never buy anything. I have their I have DC Direct bookmarked, and I just look at the ba- the Batman black and white statues. And I just <laughs> I do like their just, Arkham Asylum Batman. Oh very yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, but I don't like they're very limited in articulation and stuff, and they. Kind oh, of, I thought you were talking about the statue. You're talking about the figures. No, I'm talking about the actual figures. Oh, the they statues. Have a really, they statues do have are, a really nice uh, Arkham Asylum Batman figure. The, the statues are are beautiful. Oh and, well, yeah, and in any. DC, I'm not saying DC Direct statues aren't. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, we we got off of figures, and I started just talking about um, statues because that's like my thing of like DC Direct is like I just I just love looking at the statues that they have on their show, and they and there's just following their calendar of announcing things, and like oh my god, there's a new. Uh, that's the worst yeah. feeling though, like when they announce a new figure, and you're like, I gotta get the money for that when that comes out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I don't I just don't buy anything. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Um, yeah, but that, 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 I, I really don't like that, and, and it's, and it doesn't really even affect me at all that much, um, at all that much, at (laughs) all, it just, it doesn't affect me, but, like, you can observe that it's not something that they should be doing, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know they shouldn't be doing it, they know that they shouldn't be doing it, but nobody's gonna stop themselves. I mean, if somebody's willing to spend... $19 $19 on a little plastic Batman. Clearly Batman means a lot to them and to take that character away from them and force them to Yeah, the whole the whole it. the whole collection um the whole collecting aspect is 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 a really big part of people's lives and to um to sort of force them uh, yeah, to, to, to sort of take that. advantage of that I think is um cuz there are people that are going to f- really um not like that change, but still do it because they don't have a choice. Yeah, and and because you know the the collecting aspect of it means more to them than you know saying fuck you to. The shittiest part is Mattel is still gonna put out storylines, but it's just gonna be like wave after wave of yeah. like the standard heroes. Because so that's like, what happens we're when get they like eighty six thousand Batman. Because that's what that's what happens when you move stuff. You move the things that the collectors want to the um subscription side of it you get the store stuff um it just becomes diluted and and not good at all it's just like all the it's just all the stuff that people wouldn't subscribe for and 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 it's not something like okay that would be fine if it was like a, a line that was marketed towards kids it's like it's this these are you know expensive figures yeah so um no i i definitely Failure on that. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. We should have more sound effects. Uh, <laughs> like no. a record scratch. No, I don't think. The Mattel controversy and the record scratch. Uh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I'd be like, somebody would be like getting into this and like, oh, this is stuff I enjoy, like nerdy stuff. And then listen to like, what the fuck are they doing? What is this, talk radio? Uh. Um, so, what, what, uh, what else did you... Want to discuss what else is on the docket? Uh, <laughs> blah blah. Um, because I feel I, like if, if I feel like we could probably fill thirty minutes talking about the idea of nerdiness becoming uh, ingrained in the mainstream culture. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're we, this is another thing that we were uh, talking about a little bit earlier on the break. Um, <laughs> like it, it's it's something it's something like that. Uh, it, it's like any counterculture, I guess, that, like, it has to become mainstream, you know, at some point, like, any, like, yeah. like, it, like, it's, 
like music or, yeah. or, or something where it's like if it stays underground like indefinitely, then and there's in theory nothing wrong with uh, quote unquote. I know I say that a lot, but obviously you can't hear my air quotes. Quote unquote, uh, quote unquote, nerdy things becoming uh, more mainstream because if it's something you really like, then it's a chance for that. No, thing there's nothing to... inherently wrong with it because we've gotten to the point where Comic Con is so is so much of a cross. Um, so much of a like a cross culture event. So there's so yeah. many things there. It's not just comic books anymore. And I think that inherently is a good thing. But and what like, you're gonna, I think what you, what where you're going with it yeah, is where the problem comes. It's, and it's like I like the idea of I mean, people knowing He Man and all that crap because then like whenever he gets brought up, I'm like, yeah, I'm into that, and I get really excited. <laughs> you point like that. Yeah, yeah I point. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into but, that um, wall. But then you get these wall. people. Because nerdiness is in, uh, if you want to put it like that. It's in vogue. It's in vogue. That's what I usually say. It's in vogue. Well, you didn't say it then, so. <laughs> you get people who are like, I, I say faux nerds. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they take on, they wear like a, they wear like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt and they think they're the shit. Like, well, that, in fairness, they might generally just like the movie. The movies. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Just because you like one aspect of something doesn't make you a massive fan of it or a nerd. Yeah, no, 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 like, no, yeah. You can like TMNT, like yeah, but, the movie. And but, not... like, comic books or, like, or like old cartoons or like that, that stuff is not, like, inherently nerdy either. You can be super, you can be extremely nerdy about birds. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's the way of going about it and, and mm -hmm. treating it with such reverence that I think is real yeah. nerdiness and not saying, like, oh, fucking, I'm gonna go <laughs> see Green Lantern. Yeah, like, and a lot of people do. Well, I don't know why. There's nothing wrong with saying that you're going to go see the a movie. The scary but. part, not scary, but the stupid part is that a lot of people do think that going to see the latest Ryan Reynolds shit pile does make them nerdy. All right, all right. Let's, let's, let's not be, hey, hey, uh, I don't know. Come on, that movie wasn't any good. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend the movie, but it all, I'm also going to say it wasn't entirely Ryan Reynolds' fault, so. <laughs> I know, as but much I mean, as he's I the big, like he's Ryan the Reynolds. actor, I mean. Yeah, but he's not me. He's not making the decisions. Like, all right, we're gonna fuck this up. <laughs> what does it say? How Jordan's a stand-up guy? Well, now he's a douchebag. Oh my god. Um, what is it like? What does it say? Like he's referring to one out of context, like fucking comic book. I know of this. How Jordan looks like a stand-up guy here. That's not gonna work. He looks like he's going through. I feel like that's a much better way to pick, or, or a much more entertaining way to like picture him maliciously like thinking about how he's gonna fuck up people's childhoods. Because you know. You can't, right. well, you can't stay Van Wilder gonna do, forever. We're going to make Sinestro more or less the hero of the picture, but then at the end, he becomes the main villain. Well, I thought I thought that was pretty good, actually, of, of taking of not starting up with just Sinestro oh, no, as, no, a, that, as a villain. That I don't have a problem like, with. I think, show, it's, I it's, think showing him as a, as, as a Green Lantern well, originally. Well, it's a big part of his origin. Yes, and no, I think that was a good choice. I'm saying that a lot of people... From the narrative. A lot of people's complaints, or at least one person's, uh, Rob... Brickin. I don't know if you read the site Topless Robot. Never. Okay. <laughs> well, the guy who runs that site did like a review of the movie, and he basically said that Sinestro more or less did nothing wrong the entire film, and mm -hmm. then by the end still is somehow made out to be the villain. Yeah, I think I think it, it's hard. I think they ran into a problem where they wanted to show him 
fallen as from a, grace. Yeah, they wanted. They yeah, they wanted to show him as as a good guy originally, as a, a as part of the Green Lantern Corps, and then make that transition into him, you know, being a, a villain, a Yellow Lantern. But they didn't handle it with like any subtlety or, or finesse or, or anything because it's it's actually a difficult thing to do. Yeah, and, but it is a valid it is a valid fault, I um, think. And another thing that bugs me about. Uh, nerdiness uh becoming more prevalent in uh the mainstream media and pop culture and all that is like i i don't understand how a a girl a female if you will um mm. a is, human female yeah human female oh those are is those are great they're the stuff is um <laughs> more the stuff is more attractive because she's nerdy like the chicks on G four. Well, that plays that. I think that plays on the notion that like nerds inherently are think every girl is like, you know what? a Just goddess. Just because a chick dresses up as one of the villains from the Venture Brothers doesn't mean she's hotter. I well, mean, she's that like a, okay. That might not be the best example because I love me some Doctor Girlfriend. No, the Venture Brothers isn't that great. The ve- oh come on! I'm gonna argue this. I don't see the appeal. Oh, I've watched it. Please, and I, don't, I don't see it. The Guild of Calamitous Intent is just a thing in the show. But, <laughs> I, come on, Venture Brothers. You don't, have you, ha, what have you watched? Have you started at the beginning? No, I've seen bits and pieces. Well, then don't make a, a, a judgment on the I'm saying from what I've seen, I'm not a fan. I tried to watch it a couple times because everybody raves about how great it is. I think if you, I'm not trying to like just sway you just because I think it's really great, but I think if you... I mean, you don't have to do it at all, but I think if you made at least, like, somewhat of a small concerted effort to, like, invest a little bit in it, I think it pays off because it's one of those shows that that makes um, good use of, like, large story arcs and um, being connected with itself throughout, um, you know, being aware of what it's doing. I've, just, I've given it multiple shots, and it has yet to All right, well, then me. fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Fuck that shit. Fuck those cartoons. initial point was, oh, it's like, at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not she's dressed up as R2-D2. Well, that wouldn't be hot at all. Well, there's like an R2-D2 bathing suit. It's like a one-piece. There's nothing hot about that. At the end of the day, it's still a chick who's like a six or a seven just wearing a one-piece bathing suit. Well, let's not reduce people to numbers. Uh, I'm just just (laughs) saying... No, but I'm just saying, I think... No, I think... I think you're totally right in the fact that there is this idea that is being perpetuated by um, the people that want nerdiness to be cool that just because a, a girl is quote-unquote nerdy, that, um, you know, is somehow Makes inherently a, po- yeah, a positive character trait, which, which it's, it's not because, you know, being... What's positive about rambling for an hour about nothing, video games? Nothing. I wish that it was different. Um... <laughs> So yeah, no, that's the thing. That's the like the falsehood of it. I think like yeah, yeah, yeah. If a girl was, um, or if a person, if you connected with a person just solely for who they were, it wouldn't really matter that they don't uh, that yeah. they're not crazy or or have the facade of being into something like that. That's a hollow thing for me. So I think, I think, um, I think you're right on the money on that one, <laughs> Getty. Getty. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that now. Uh, it's it's funny. It's funny how like you clearly see how much more prepared you you are than me. Uh, <laughs> I got my list of topics and everything. Oh, 
nerdy topics. Did you even come up with five topics? No, I didn't. You and it piece was, of shit. And it was my idea. <laughs> I came up with six. Well, asshole. The, yeah, because the you know the the um the original thing was I thought we were just gonna you know do the one tonight, and I and and for the record, I was correct in assuming that we would be able to coast through the whole bit just on top of Arkham City and Breaking Bad. Uh, so yeah, so right. let let that be known. That <laughs> not a total, but boy, uh, but you know, I guess maybe we could talk about the state of the video game industry. Ugh. <laughs> Do you really want to? Well, really. we yeah, we kind of were before again. Um, I think well, we we were talking about uh, DLC, right? And just like the. How since like maybe like midsummer, it's kind of been in a slump up until like October when Arkham City came out and mm-hmm. Dead Rising came out and Kirby came out. There was really nothing. Well, I don't think everyone's excited about Kirby. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. I don't think as many people like Kirby as people like Batman. But I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good nerdy thing to hold on to. Nerdy has, I mean, nerdy <laughs> Kirby. Kirby hasn't broken um, into into our consciousness as thoroughly as Batman has. Yeah, but no, I hear I what mean, you're saying. People, I, there was a little bit of... Fans like the, of video games are going to be excited about Kirby. Yeah, yeah, no. I I, th- I'm, I was I was totally kidding. I think that's a very fair thing to say. Um, yeah, no, I think that's... I, I think you're right in that... Um, that I, I think that slump, at least for me, was was felt pretty, uh, pretty strongly. I didn't even pick up a video game controller until I came home with... No, you know, until the day after I bought Arkham City. I didn't actually play it the day that I bought it. Oh, I, oh man, I, I like got it and I got here and I was like, oh, I'm Batman. <laughs> I don't um, know why I would talk like that. I, uh, but like during that time period, only like two noteworthy games came out. It was like Deus Ex and Dead, uh, Dead Island. Mm-hmm. And they both received uh, pretty good reviews. Like they got like eights and nines. Yeah. I feel like people were being generous. Because I would read reviews of Dead Island, and everybody would talk about bugs and glitches. And yeah, all but nonsense. I think, but I think one of the things that carried um, Dead Island was that was the the open world aspect yeah. of it. I mean, like that's something that you that there's a big redeeming quality in that. But yeah, we're I think about that. yeah, yeah, we were. I think, um, but I think Dead Rising is a much better zombie game than uh, Dead, Dead Rising is pretty good. And with off Dead Rising Two was pretty good. With Off the Record, they've I taken what was great about Dead Rising Two. Put Frank West back, and mm-hmm. there's the open world. Yeah, because because I was I was, awesome. I was I was I was surprised that Frank West wasn't back. I did like Rising Chuck too. though. I liked him too. Uh, it's Chuck actually, Green. It's actually pretty it's cool. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh yes, you're in, getting uh, hang of it. In Dead Rising Two, uh, off the record, actually Chuck is a psychopath in one of the missions. Woo! It's pretty cool. He's got spoiler alert. <laughs> so check <laughs> that shit out. It's like his um. He's got like a doll on his back instead of the the daughter mm-hmm. because I guess it's implied that at some point she died. So his yeah. hair's all messed up. I always thought I always thought that that's what they were gonna do, and I think it's really that cool. would have been far too dark for a tongue in cheek Capcom game. But I don't know some of the characters that you run into, the psychopaths that you run into in the mall. They're they're they're, they're colorful. Oh yeah, like, in the and I think it's cool to incorporate him. Uh, to make him one of those characters, it was pretty cool. One of those guys that he's you... annoying as shit to fight though. He's just on a motorcycle with. They're all so fucking annoying to I fight. Know, they're hard. They're so hard. Those boss battles are hard so game. hard. It it's is hard really game. hard. I I don't even think I I didn't finish Dead Rising. I didn't 2. even bother I finished to play Dead the Rising, story but I didn't finish Dead Rising too. You know why I didn't finish Dead Rising? The fucking convicts oh. in their RV. 
Oh man, I, that's so hard. That part was so hard. It's when you go out into that like terrace, and you have to pass them every single time until you kill them, and you can't kill them. Um, you can, but it's hard as shit. Yeah, I only killed them when I when I stumbled upon getting a gun somehow, <laughs> and and even then, even then, it was like I had to load a couple times. Like they killed me because they have a gun on the back of that fucking car. Um, blip blip. Uh, well, you know. I think this might be a good stopping point for this yeah, episode. Yeah, ample length. There's no set of standards for how long a podcast has. We'll to do be. what we want. Yeah. Okay. Mom. Spike. Spiegel. <laughs> oh man, we could do a Cowboy Bebop episode, but I don't think you like Cowboy Bebop. I've attempted to get into. Well, not attempted to get into it. I've heard good things. Uh, you should really watch it. It's so I, good. I will. I used to watch so much anime when I had access to libraries in Philly, but now I live over here in this dump, and there's only one. This is the dump compared to Philly. Uh, no, like not not library. New Jersey, my basement. Uh, <laughs> this fucking dump. So, <laughs> uh, the second episode, the non-inaugural episode. Second episode of Nerd World Country, Country podcast is, is over. Over. So thanks for listening. Whoever stayed through to the end there. And welcome to your doom. Rise from your grave.